What's up, fam? Welcome back to the lounge. Tonight, tonight I'm going to get started with some rookie breakdowns. But first, let's talk about what I'm drinking on. I'm drinking on some, some Michter's Small Batch American Whiskey. This is based out of Michter's Distillery in Louisville, Kentucky. And it's called an American Whiskey because legally, bourbon whiskey can only be called bourbon whiskey if it's aged in a virgin oak barrel. Now this is called American whiskey because they use the barrels more than once. It's still a bourbon recipe, but because they use the barrels more than once, they have to call it an American whiskey. It tastes delicious. It's a Michter's Small Batch US 1 American whiskey. I suggest you give it a try. If you do like the fantasy content, but you're also interested in the cocktail side, the bourbon side, or the jazz side, Follow my Instagram account, Rotal underscore lounge, and there I'll be posting pictures of the bourbon, you know, just a different side of the, the Rotal Lounge brand other than the fantasy football. So if you're interested in that, follow me there. If you're just interested in fantasy football, this is the place to find me. Rotal Lounge, the website's coming soon, rotolounge.com. It's gonna be the best spot for your fantasy rankings, tools, articles anything you need is going to be there so stay tuned for that but today it's time to break down wide receiver prospects heading into the nfl draft now i want to build a big board player by player through the podcast and posting it on twitter i'll do this on as many prospects as i can leading up to the combine and the nfl draft I'm going to be posting a draft kit ranking all the players by positions, and I'm going to be asking anyone that's interested in that five bucks for a download. Hopefully, it's something that you're interested in. You'll help support the cause. I'll do my best to help you crush your rookie drafts. Now, I posted on Twitter a while back, which player do you want to have a breakdown of first? And my guy, at Kaser underscore Lucas, hit me back with Justin Jefferson. So let's dive in. Go get a drink. Relax. And let's see what we can find. So Justin Jefferson on Wikipedia, his date of birth is 1-16-1999, and it has him listed at 63192. Now, that's pretty slender. It's it's a similar build to Robbie Anderson. And Jefferson was a three-star recruit out of Louisiana. He was ranked as wide receiver number 308 coming out of high school. Now, some fan list you listen to may not talk about a high school career, but why? Few measurables predict a prospect's NFL future better than their high school ranking. Did you know that five-star ranked athletes in general are eventually drafted over 50% of the time? Three-star and below players make it at a rate of around 5%. So here in the Roto Lounge, we're going to really zoom in. Try and leave no stone unturned in our evaluation of players. So let me give you two examples real quick of how high school rankings could affect our decision-making during our rookie drafts. Now, the first is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was the number two ranked all-purpose back in his class. Now, does this individual fact predict NFL success? No. But as a fifth-round pick in 2016 by Kansas City, in addition to his data metrics and the cost associated with drafting him in rookie drafts, 
he was the ideal flyer pick in that class. Now, on the extreme other end of the spectrum, you find Corey Davis. Now, he's defied the odds. He was a two-star recruit coming out of high school and the 319th ranked wide receiver in his high school class. Now, he worked hard. He went on to have a record-breaking career at Western Michigan. And I would not fault anyone who was high on Corey Davis coming out into the NFL. However, the cost of drafting him was pretty high in rookie drafts. And maybe high enough that we might, maybe we should have deterred from that. Maybe we should have avoided him in drafts. Now, this isn't black and white, but just another piece of the puzzle. We must take everything into consideration, just like a team scouting department would. So with Justin Jefferson being ranked as the 308th wide receiver in his class, it does give me some pause. But let's look at some other NFL players with similar value coming out of high school. Devontae Adams was a two-star recruit ranked 281st in his class, ended up being a second-round pick. T.Y. Hilton was a two-star athlete, ranked 219 in his class, and he was a third-round pick. Anthony Miller, a two-star athlete, ranked 234 in his class, became a second-round draft pick. And like I mentioned before, Corey Davis, he was a two-star athlete, ranked 319th in his class, and went drafted number five overall. So we want to hit on our picks. But we also need to ask ourselves, what's the cost of investment? What am I expecting my return of investment to be one year, three years, five years down the line? And can that player perform at the investment needed to acquire them? All right. Another thing I noticed of these examples is that Devontae Adams and T.Y. Hilton, they were put in good situations as rookies. Adams had A-Rod. T.Y. had Luck. Miller, Davis, not so much. So based on this limited data, I would say that situation may be important for Jefferson's success at the next level. We hear the saying that talent trumps situation. But in Jefferson's case, it may be a case that situation may be his greatest opportunity at the NFL level. So let's dive into his college production once he arrived at LSU. All right, He began his true freshman season at 18.8 years of age in 2017. He played two games, had zero receptions. All right. As a sophomore, he was 19.8 years of age. He finished 13 games with 54 catches, 875 yards, and six touchdowns. All right. This most recent season, he played at 20.8 years of age. And in 15 games, he finished with a nation-leading 111 receptions, 1,540 yards, and 18 touchdowns. Now, we'll get into what I see on film in a minute, but let's take a look at the analytical side first. All right, let's look at his production numbers. Now, two sticky metrics that have translated over the years for me are breakout age and dominator rating. Let me explain the two in detail for those that aren't familiar with these metrics. First, breakout age. Now, this was first discussed on rotoviz.com, and it's defined as the age when the player first posts a dominator rating at or above 20%. So remember that. The age when the dominator rating was at or above 20%. So what's a dominator rating, you ask? A dominator rating is defined as the percentage of his team's offensive production, or you can refer to that as the market share of the offense, right? So to sum it up, we want the age at which a player hits at least 20% of the total offensive production to determine the breakout age. And then we also want a high market share of that offense. 
Now, when I calculate market share for my evaluations, I don't use touchdowns. And the reason I don't use touchdowns is they vary year over year. In this case, exactly. As a sophomore, Jefferson had six touchdowns. In his most recent season, he had 18, right? So we can't judge touchdowns year over year to be accurate, all right? So I don't include touchdowns in my ranking. Some people do, I don't, all right? So for me, I lean on receptions and yards per season to find a breakout age, and then I determine their entire college career production to show me their dominator rating. For me, any breakout age below age 19 is good, and anything above 20% dominator rating is acceptable. Prospects will become more valuable as the breakout age decreases and the dominator rating increases. Hopefully we're on the same page, all right? In this situation, his breakout age would have come in his sophomore season at age 19.8. It's a little higher than I like, but it's not a deal breaker. His dominator rating, remember, not including touchdowns, was a 26.57% of his team's receptions and a 28.19% of his team's yards. So his dominator rating exceeds my threshold. So let's look at his film, all right? Some of his strengths that I noticed, he has the height and reach that will cause mismatches in the red zone. He tracks the ball very, very well. He high points it, easily catches it over his shoulder, does very well locating the ball and making the reception. He's very good in his route techniques. He uses different speeds to keep corners guessing. He reads cornerback's body language very well and he can use that to his advantage. He seems really efficient at finding soft spots and coverage too. He's got pretty reliable hands on film and he's electric once the ball's in his hands. He's an adequate blocker and he shows the desire to get the job done. Now some weaknesses that I noticed is while he does have decent speed, he doesn't appear to have breakaway speed. And I'd be surprised if he ran faster than a 4.640 at the combine. It's important that we make these evaluations now, but after the combine, we go back, we look at the numbers, we compare what we saw on tape. If he exceeds a 4.640, I'm going to be impressed. If it's even slower than a 4.6, that could be a red flag. So we got to go back and we got to check these numbers before we make our ultimate decision. Okay. Now, I also noted he's a bit slow off the line of scrimmage, and sometimes he struggles to get separation. He needs to work on that at the next level. Now, personally, I don't think he's going to be drafted to start out as a number one receiver like others in this class, but a number two receiver to complement a number one, I think could be the outcome to start. Now, I also don't think he's faced a top corner this year as they're typically guarding his teammate Jamar Chase, but I think Jefferson has the potential to end up being a very fantasy relevant wide receiver as his career progresses. Now, entering the NFL draft, he's going to be age 21. And my comparison right now for Justin Jefferson is that of Marvin Jones of the Detroit Lions. All right. Now, one thing I like to do during my research is I like to Google the players' names. I like to find articles about certain players, you know, finding positive or negative news that perhaps has gone overlooked. Now, I'll do more as the draft approaches. But one article I found had Jefferson talking about his high school ranking, actually. And this is what he said, in quotes, I like my ranking, in quotes, in quotes. I like that I was a two-star and under the radar. It just makes me more eager to do what I do, in quotes. Now, that shows me he's hungry, all right? He's worked hard to show people that they were wrong. He didn't accept what others' opinions were of him. And that's good character quality to have. That could show a player that goes to the next level, works on his craft, wants to be the best that he can be, and he can overcome some of these negative aspects of his profile. 
So that concludes our first prospect, and since we're going to rank players one by one on Twitter, Justin Jefferson is our current number one ranked wide receiver for the 2020 class. Now, there's many more to do, so stay tuned. Hit me up on Twitter, at RotoLounge. Let me know what other wide receivers we should look into next. Leave me a review on Apple, subscribe, tell your friends, retweet, do it all. Help me out, all right? I'm here for you. Come to the Roto Lounge anytime you want. The bar's open. The bourbon's flowing. The drinks are here. Until next time, this has been Roto Lounge.